been a while. I know all of you, uh, all tens of you out there listening have just been waiting for this to happen. So we're back uh, and excited about today. We've got Mr. Chris Petrie. Chris, Christopher, Dr. No, I'm not a doctor yet, but Chris will be fine. Okay, so Chris Petrie, uh, principal at Courtney Elementary, the best school in the state of North Carolina. No doubt about it. Speaking that into existence. Maybe it just is. Right. So, Chris, thank you for being on here. Um, If you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, uh, talk about your family, maybe a little bit about your background, how you got here to this fine establishment. All right. Well, yeah, I'm a Yadkin County native. Uh, Grew up in the big town of Huntsville, which was pretty important pre-Civil War. Yes. Uh, So I am a Courtney alum. I went to Fort Bush High School. Um, Also went to college at UNCG in High Point. Um, Spent a little bit of time after college working for the federal government. I tell people this all the time that I worked for the CIA and they're like, wow, the CIA. But, you know, it's it was a job for me. It was an interesting job. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the work, but I think I've always had an interest in being in education. And so the opportunity presented itself for me to come back uh, to North Carolina, of which I did. I started teaching English uh, in high school and spent most of my career in a high school, eventually moved down as an administrator um, in the middle schools, and uh, ultimately as an administrator, uh, the principal of Forbush Middle, and then came over here to Courtney. Um, During all this time, we had a son. His name is Alex. Been married to uh, my wife, Elizabeth. We've been together essentially since high school she was she was a fall creek girl and uh in a sense followed her to college she she got in at uncg i got in shortly thereafter ended up transferring to high point but um you know we've been together for for a considerable amount of time now it's funny how fast time flies yeah 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 i I once had think about the cia i had a buddy of mine who uh was looking at working for them so uh while i was still in school a guy from the cia like drove up to my dorm and asked me some questions i was i might not have never been so frightened i'm like what have i done that they could <laughs> they could find i'm like uh, it's it just kind of a, a scary thought i mean I, obviously it was fine he just asked a few questions and left but it was kind of just random this guy from the government just pulling up to to basically do a reference from one of my buddies yeah, they, that's uh, an experience several of my friends had. <laughs> you know, the guy rolls in. He uh, One of his questions that really stuck out to everybody is, is he a terrorist? <laughs> I mean, they, they were just point blank about it. Like, is yeah. he a terrorist? Is he involved in any terrorism? I guess that's a good starting point. You want to yeah, throw that I mean, up pretty you, quickly. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's important. It's an important question. All right, well, thank you for giving us a little, little background. Um, so the deep three... Uh, we talk sports, we talk about culture, and we talk about faith. So uh, three questions I kind of ask everybody uh, is a sports memory, then something you can't get enough of, and then something God's teaching you right now. So we'll start with sports. Uh, so what's your favorite sports memory? This could be playing, this could be watching, this could be anything. And I guess a good question, are you, are you a big sports guy? Well, I can't say that I'm a huge sports fan. Uh, I, I follow a lot of sports loosely. I don't have any regular teams that I, you know, really 
pull for. My my dad was a big Cowboys fan, so I've always kind of been a Cowboys football fan. And uh, my great grandfather, I have good memories of him um, watching the Cubs. Okay. And uh, Harry Carey, all the yeah. day games, no lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you got Harry Carey on there doing yeah. his announcing and everything. I have fond memories of that. Um, one memory that really sticks out to me is I think it was uh, '97, and Michael Jordan is playing with the flu. Oh yeah, I think yeah. it was in Game Five of the Finals. Okay, and I th- that. For me, for whatever reason, just stuck out to me. This is, you know, a man who's obviously a master of sure. basketball. Yeah. But, you know, he, in a sense, willed right. that team into a victory despite the fact that he was so sick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. Um, and, you know, there's always, with Jordan, there's always like a story, mm-hmm. all kinds of conspiracies, like the quote unquote flu game. Was yeah. He, you know, was he hung over? Like what happened? But I think that they do think. Let me say he was sick. But I think always, was always something following Jordan, and I think always more the story. Like, why do you really leave to go play baseball? Like, was they going to kick him out of the NBA for gambling? All, all kinds of questions. But yeah, yeah, you're right. He was definitely a master, and to all the young people out there, he's better than LeBron. That's that's my two cents. But, Listen, uh, I you know that everybody can dispute this and that. You know, in my mind, he is probably the greatest in the game of basketball and probably will continue to be. I I don't see anyone, despite their popularity, being as good as he was just yeah. at the game. Right. I mean, fundamentally. Just the um, influence on the game, the shoes, he's still making billions mm-hmm. off the shoe today, you know, all kinds of things like that. So, And I will say – you being a Dallas fan, I'm a Washington fan, so we can still be friends. Well, that's fine. Okay. Maybe a, a you know a, a friendly uh, wager of some sort, a cup of coffee, <laughs> on, based on who wins uh, between Dallas and Washington this year. So. I'll have to keep track of it this okay. time. There you go. That's a good reason to keep up with it. So yeah, referencing Michael Jordan that that makes up for the Dallas comment. So we're good there. <laughs> All right, next one, culture. Something you can't get enough of. Is it a TV show you're watching? A restaurant you're Going to uh, what's something in culture that you're into right now? I tell you, I am a huge fan of the murder mystery um, on television. I have systematically been going through all of the old murder she wrote. Oh, wow. Okay. All the old Columbos. Yeah. Okay. And uh, probably a newer one that I watch. Um, it's on the it's on the BBC, so I have to get uh, Brit Box in order to watch <laughs> yeah, it. Right. Is uh, the Father Brown? Okay, I don't know this one. Yeah, Father Brown. It you know they've had a TV show that they made a long time ago, and there's a newer version. I think they're in maybe the tenth or eleventh season, but you know it's kind of like Cabot Cove and Murder She Wrote. Okay, you, you know plenty of uh murders in this small town okay (laughs) so you know he he's uh he's a catholic priest and he solves the mystery of who done it okay with of course the help of his friends is anybody coming to confessional to to admit to it well it's not not that easy for him but (laughs) well typically i I think at the end of the day he wants them to confess what they have done sure um I think that that is, you know, part and parcel of, of what he does is to not only figure out who done it, but to lead that person 
okay. on the right track. Get behind this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty good. Okay, Father Brown, BBC. Yep. Okay, check that one out. Angela Lansbury, I think, passed away not long ago, fairly recently. So, Murder She Wrote. That's that's a good one. Uh, it's been a minute. I used to watch those with my grandparents. I remember my grandma watching that one. So that's, yep. that's a good throwback for sure. So always a good murder mystery. I like that. Um, all right, last one, faith element. Uh, what's something God is teaching you right now? You know, I feel like what's probably really been laid on my heart uh, lately is is the idea, well, we get caught up in our day-to-day, you know, and, and sometimes it's hard to see, you know, where all of this is leading. You can mm-hmm. obviously, you can look back on your life and you can see how all the pieces fit to get you to where you're at. Right. But, you know, uh, I think sometimes you just gotta, you've just gotta go with it. I think, you know, there is a plan. God is leading us towards something and, and it's hard as a human can to not see the destination sometimes. Right. And, you know, here lately I've been thinking about particularly here coming to Courtney, you know, it's like all the pieces that had to fall in place for me to be sitting right here talking to you at Courtney Elementary. I would have never imagined, you know, that I would be the principal of this school. Um, but it just goes to show you, you, you sometimes don't know what God's plan is for you. And sometimes it doesn't make sense. But, you know, door closes, the door opens, and, you know, you take those next steps. Yeah, I, I love the verse we were talking about last night in our, our small group, like how God gives us uh, his word is a light into our feet and a lamp into our path, right? It's not like it's shining necessarily way off for us to see, but it's enough for us to, to take the next step. And then you can look backwards and see all those steps that led you to where you are. It's hard to look forward. You can just see a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And and somebody pointed out to me one time, and I, I, I keep this at the forefront of my thought is, you know, you can you can make a trip of thousands of miles by only seeing a few feet ahead of you. Hmm. You know, it's like driving in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you only see a few feet ahead of you, but you can get to where you're going. That's awesome. I heard too, uh, fairly recently, somebody um, was speaking, I forget who it was at our church, but basically saying that uh, nobody, any person, if you just let them walk, will naturally not walk in a straight line. Cause one of the legs is longer than the other, just a little bit or whatever. Like we just have that lean. So like, that's kind of our journey. Like it's never well, it's a imperfect. straight line. It is imperfect. It is imperfect. And, and the, the universe wouldn't exist if it was perfect. Hmm. I've always been, I can't ever do the math for physics, but physics has always interested me. And, and um, it, I was watching a show about, you know, just the universe and, and, uh, matter and atoms and everything mm-hmm. and if everything was perfect every every piece of material would be spread out perfectly mm-hmm. and there would be no form to anything but because of the imperfections the earth exists the universe yeah. exists because of the imperfections it's imperfect but it's in, in some sense is perfectly placed just at the right mm-hmm. spot and the right angle and all these things we could go on for hours about. I know I know uh, but yeah, that, I, I love that. How I love the fact that you're here, and I don't think it's by accident. Um, but that, that's pretty cool to think back. Like, you know, you, you would, like you said, you wouldn't have planned it. You know, probably sitting in a classroom in this in this building. Like, 
yeah, one day I'm going to be the principal here. No, <laughs> but I can't say are, that I ever had that thought. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's very cool. And I love seeing, uh, you know, if you post on social media uh, randomly of, of people, uh, teachers coming back or whatever, and I think that's a really cool uh, tie-in. We'll get into it here a little bit later. So uh, thank you for sharing that. So we'll, we'll jump in um, with our next segment, overrated or underrated. So I'll give you three things. You just tell me if you think they're overrated or underrated. Then we'll get into why I pick these things and, and kind of dig a little deeper in that. But um, first will be convenience stores or gas stations. Do you think they're overrated or underrated? I think they're underrated. Okay. Uh, why, why so? Well, I grew up in a family. My great-grandfather had essentially a convenience store. Okay. And I have a lot of memories of the convenience store. But, uh, you know, like a lot of things in life, convenience stores are all around us and we just take them for granted sometimes. Yeah. I mean, we do. Uh, it's kind of in the name. Yeah. Convenience. It's, a con it's, it's, it's just a convenience. Yeah. Um, so do you have a preferred one, a convenience store? Maybe that'd be it. Maybe that's a chain. Maybe not. I mean, we got cutters, which we can get to now because the bridge is open again. Yes. Uh, yes. But um, is there one that you, that sticks out to you maybe as your favorite? Well, I, I think you, I think you've uh, hit the nail on the head. I think it's cutters. Yeah. Because if if you have grown up in this community, right. attended Forbush High School, you okay. know I've got a lot of memories of cutters. Particularly as a kid, we'd go by there, and I remember, uh, and they still have a lot of candy at cutters. They do. Uh -huh. But I remember as a child going in there, and there would be you know shelves and shelves of all this candy to choose from. Yeah. And, you know, of course, that's the place where everybody would meet up. You'd leave your car, you'd go, right. you know, you'd go somewhere, right. whatever the case may be. It was kind of, you know, the closest thing to a hub sure. in a small town For like sure. this that, that yeah. you could possibly have. So I, I definitely, you know, Cutters is, is the one that always pops into my mind. So did you have a go-to with all that candy or do you still have a go-to if you stop, you know, you're on a trip and you stop at be it Cutters or be it any stores or they're a go-to for travel for you. Well, there's, you know, my taste has changed since I've got older. When I was a kid, I used to love the Jolly Ranchers that were, you know, now they're just little pieces of candy. But you used to build by the the flat, narrow Jolly Rancher kind of stick-like thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I I remember that I would uh, my cousin and I when we would get them, you could lick them and you could start to mold them. You could start oh, to wow. turn them. Okay, but. You know that's always uh, that's always a, a, a fond memory. Uh, as far as now, I go on a road trip. Um, like I said, my tastes have changed. Uh, I like a Fifth Avenue bar. Okay, that's probably one of my. You know, I like it better than Butterfinger. I've always said that a Fifth Avenue bar is better than a Butterfinger. Okay. That's kind of my go-to candy bar. Go-to candy. All right. And if I don't eat a candy bar, I'll get some beef jerky. Okay. <laughs> Good choices right there. So we'll get back to, to why I'm picking that one in a moment. But uh, next, uh, brand names. So, like, do you, as a shopper, do you think brand names uh, are overrated or underrated? Well, I would I would love to say that they're uh, that they're overrated, but you know, I would say ultimately, I would have to say that they're um, to some extent uh, underrated for me in a lot of ways uh I, you know i think sometimes i feel like i do buy things you know based on the brand name uh -huh. 
And I, I do sometimes put a lot of stock into that. And, and I've always found it interesting that, you know, people, there's some people out there that don't put a lot of stock into brand names and they're, you know, willing to go by, you know, what's the difference between this and, you know, that thing. Um, but some, I've always kind of been of the opinion that you pay for quality sometimes. And typically those things are brand named. Sure. So what's, what's, uh, what's one or two things you're like, I'm, for sure, getting the brand name, and maybe it's a particular brand of something. There are a couple of things like you've got to have a brand name for sure. Yeah, uh, I my grandmother one time she had cooked dinner for us, and she had dessert, and uh, she had some off-brand Cool Whip, mm. and uh, I, I made fun of her. I said, you know, you can't afford to pay a few more cents and get the name <laughs> brand Cool Whip. Yeah. So that's been an ongoing joke in the family. Okay. She's like, I didn't get the knockoff Cool Whip. Right. Uh, the other thing is, I I like to cook. I don't cook a tremendous amount. I'm not one of those you know foodies who take pictures of food and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But I do like to cook, and um, I'm kind of uh, partial to a few different brands of, of cookware. Okay. And uh, I really like uh, All Clad. All Clad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah, writing some stuff down. Okay, saying, okay. Like, uh, all clad. Yeah, it's uh, pots and pans and stuff like that. Non-stick. They're not non-stick. They're they're stainless steel. Okay. But they're they've got aluminum, you know, in a core surrounded yeah. by stainless steel. They just heat up evenly. Okay. I just appreciate a good pan. No, that's <laughs> life changing. You know, if, yeah. if you cook it, uh, cooking a good bit or leaving a little bit, having the right stuff you're cooking with is huge. Um, now I noticed you said with Cool Whip, like that's the name brand, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody's saying, "Hey, will you go, you go to the store and give me some whipped topping." No, nobody's They're gonna say it's cool like whip. it's like a Kleenex. Yes, I wrote that down. Kleenex is like the one. Like if if what you're getting is called by the brand name, yeah, you gotta get the brand name, right? Well, exactly. I mean, it's it's the gold standard. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, now I'm one. I will if I'm shopping, uh, I will get the store brand. Usually until my wife says, you can't get the store brand of this. There are certain things that it's just, it is a difference. You can tell it. So, um, yeah, my wife's bad about getting store brands and I'll be like, are we so broke that we can't afford right the, you know, the name brand? Yeah, they do. It does add up, but I, I will sneak in and if, you know, especially if it's, uh, you know, MVP buy or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going for the sale item. Uh, but sometimes I am correct or sometimes I just know. We need to do that. So I, I will agree. Brand names typically are are underrated. So last one. This is pretty broad, but the '90s, just in general, overrated or underrated? Completely underrated. Got to be. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's underrated. Yeah, it has to be this one of the single best decades that this country has had in so many ways. Yeah. For sure. So, what what things stick out? Maybe a, a an item, a thing, a theme, a music. What sticks out to you most? Looking back at the nineties. Well, I, I I suppose that when I'm talking about the nineties, I'm talking about the mid to late nineties, which is my time of more of coming to age rather right. rather than the early nineties. Um, but you know, you think about everything that happened in the nineties. You you essentially got the end to the Cold War in the early nineties. You've got a technological revolution oh, yeah. that occurs. The economy is booming. Uh, everything 
looks great. You know, we are on cruise control for, you know, the 21st century and then 9-11 happens. And, you know, I think, I think we lost a lot of innocence, you know, after, after the nineties, that things weren't as great as we thought Hmm. they were going to be. I think that is interesting. You said kind of, we came of age and I feel like that's, there's studies shown that you probably agree. Like as you're growing up, like that's kind of the things that stick with you, um, the music and even the, I would say celebrities, TV shows, things like that kind of is what sticks. So people that are around your age when they're famous or making stuff, that's kind of what sticks. And I've, I've seen the, the uh, 90s definitely stick with me above anything else from that sense. So there are there are there things that you enjoyed growing up that you're like, yeah, this uh, it's just your, it's just your go to now. Yeah. Well, you know, I was, it's funny that you were asking about the 90s because um, I cleaned out a cabinet over the weekend. I needed some space to put some stuff that I had canned. And uh, I found uh, the CD case that I carried in my car. Oh, man. And I I opened it up and, you know, I found all the standards from the time you know, there was some third eye blind in yes. there. Um, there was some goo goo dolls. Oh, man. Uh, and, and I was looking through, and somebody had made me, well, it wasn't a mixed tape, it was a yeah. mixed CD. Yes. Um, and I popped it in the car yesterday um, on the way home. And, you know, music has a way of, of capturing nostalgia, sure. I think, in a way that other things don't. Yeah. And, and it put me back at a place and a time. Hmm. That's, you know, been 20 some years ago now at this point. And a lot of things have changed in that last 20 years. But yeah, I mean, the music, I think the essence of it is, is the music that we had, you know, during that time. Yeah. I mean, kind of alternative comes, comes to life. Yeah. It it becomes mainstream. And, you know, the Weezer Blue album sticks out to me, things like that. Third Eye Blind, Goo Dolls, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And just that ability, like you said, to take your music with you. I had the massive binder and people that knew me know, know this. And I'm sorry to my parents. I, I treated my stuff like garbage. So like all my CDs were scratched up. Some of them stuck in the, in the, in the container, the case or whatever. So as long as they would play, I had them in there. But man, I could scratch them up. But yeah, that carrying that big case in your car to a ball game, wherever it may be. And I always had such a disadvantage too. We had I drove my first vehicle um, was a '97 S10 had a cassette player. Oh in yeah, it. and so I had to rig up a discman. Yes with an adapter that would go into the cassette player yep. so that I could play my CDs yep. in the truck. Now, do you, I guess you had the uh, ESP, the electronic skip protection, or did you have it like on a, well, there like was, a stand or something? Well, there was, there was a hand, there was like a hand rest that was, it was, I don't know, it was foam cloth. And I would kind of wedge that, in there so that it had a lot of padding around okay. it so it wouldn't skip as much yeah. <laughs> i remember like mowing the yard with the mm-hmm. with the disc men like 
I mean, it's like you hit a bump, <laughs> yeah, and then skip. You young people do not know how good you have it. That all the music you ever want is right there at the tip of your fingers, like, and that's so easy and almost too easy for us, maybe. Yeah, it is. I mean, it was, uh, you know, and I'm sure that our, our parents and stuff like that who had to deal with cassettes and, you know, yeah. some of our older parents even had records. Right. And you think about how difficult it was even then to access that music. Right. And for us, you know, these days, and, and you know, I guess to a certain extent, we have Steve Jobs to to thank for it because, right. you know, he's a really the visionary that said, you know, I want music at your fingertips. Yeah. And, and that has come to fruition, but it's amazing to me that, you know, despite the fact that all these things have changed, you know, the, the, the music stays in one place in time Mm. to a certain extent. Yeah. You know, what I was listening to in 98, you know, that is, it is the same. I can listen to it today and it'd be the same recording Mm. of it. It's kind of like a time capsule, I guess, in a lot of ways. Very cool. Yeah, we, I think we could talk 90s oh, music yeah, definitely. All, all day. So uh, I'll kind of go back and, and, you know, open up why I ask these specific things. So first, convenience stores, gas stations. So um, the, I asked that uh, basically to get to mascots because, well, if you have you been to Bucky's? Have you been to Bucky's? I have. And, uh, you know, you're starting to hear more about Bucky's yeah. these days. And it's a huge place. What was your, what was your initial thought going in there? I I walked in and, you know, I think that you're just in awe yeah. <laughs> of the stuff. Yes. You know, like I said, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, uh, I like some beef jerky and of course Bucky's mm-hmm. has plenty of selection <laughs> of beef jerky, uh, yes. and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, you're just you're just amazed by the quantity and the variety in yeah. a place like that. It is, it is amazing how many things you can get. Variety of things, uh, and they also do have the mascot, mm-hmm. which uh, my youngest Mazzy just loves any any mascot. Anybody dressed up in a costume, she is going to run to them. So she loved Bucky for sure. So um, take that to the the mascot here at Courtney, the Panther. Um, you may even know why they picked it. You're pretty good at history, uh, but I mean, how does that stick out? And like, you look around, seeing the Panthers on the wall. Like, uh, what do you think is the importance, or maybe that's the nostalgia of 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 a mascot? You know, it's a funny thing. I don't know um, how the mascot was uh, chosen for Courtney, and I don't know why in particular that they picked a panther. You know, I look around at the other mascots that are in the school system, mm-hmm. and and uh, you know, Fall Creek's obviously the Cougars, uh, but but we're we're a Panther, and I think the Panther is is you know fairly unique um, in a lot of ways. It's a unique animal, uh, but I don't know why we picked it. But uh, I do think that it's it's good for Courtney in the sense that it is kind of a a, a unique animal. I think that this is very unique school in a lot of ways. Um, I've worked at several different schools and, you know, maybe I'm partial to it because I am uh, a Courtney alum. Yeah. But on the other hand, um, comparing this place to other places, uh, it is a completely and absolutely different feel. And, and 
you know, I, I, I pr- appreciate that about this place, and I, I don't want to change that about this place. Yeah. But I'm I'm not sure about the Panther. Hmm. It's it's inter- it's a I, great I mean, mystery. It's well, and it's something that we could try to find out. Okay. Because I would I would really like to know. Uh, it's funny that you asked that too. It, uh, somebody asked me the other day why it was a panther. Well, I can tell you about the reason why we chose the colors that we did, and that just had to do with availability. Yeah, I saw that not too long ago. <laughs> yeah. It was blue, right? And then they couldn't find blue. Or, yeah, is that, is that right? Yeah, they were they were ordering some jerseys and some shorts, and uh, the the company was out of what they wanted, so they ended up going with another choice, which ultimately stuck, and that's how we we ended up with the with the Kelly green, yeah, color that we've got now. But uh, you know the original colors, and I think also that they only had one or two colors. For the school, you know, now typically right. schools have two or three colors, sure. and you know, Courtney is blue, green, and white. Uh, I think back then it was just blue and white. Yeah. And then we ended up with ended up with the green. And even this morning, my daughter drew me a picture, and she had she had green on. She said, "That's your favorite color," and it's because of the school. Oh, exactly. So it stuck with me all this time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and and that kind of rolls us right in. Good segue. That's a great segue. Just <laughs> like brand names, I'm going to talk about branding of the school. So mm-hmm. we just talked about the school colors um, and kind of did a little bit of a rebrand. So uh, why do you think? Do you, I, I'm sure that you would agree it's important even for a school to have a quote unquote brand or a look or a feel. Like how does that help the school? Yeah, what we've tried to do here at Courtney is to try to create kind of a unified image. And to also give, you know, the, the staff some images that they can use. I think it just looks more polished. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is a better representation, you know, of the school to have sure. the polished look. And that's kind of what we were going for. Um, it's important, I think, for there to be kind of a single theme uh, in any organization, whether it be a school or a business. I mean, uh, you know, you look at all the major corporations and everything else, there is a unifying uh, theme to all that. Even our country is that way, you know, sure. red, white, and blue, right. the eagle. I mean, you know, all yeah. those things because, you know, images carry a lot of meaning. And I would like for somebody at a glance to be able to say, well, that's Courtney. Right. And there's no doubt about it. Yeah. And we've seen in this process just how many shades of green that there are, and also how many we've had at the school, right? <laughs> yeah, if it if so it, many, if it was close, we used it. Yeah, and what we've tried to do um, with you know creating a color palette is, you know, as we're doing some painting right. and doing some work on the school, that we keep a constant color theme, you know, throughout. Yeah, I think it's huge. I've seen it in the church world and starting a church and just trying to be. Be consistent, you know. It, it, um, if you're not careful, like it's all about the brand and not about what you're doing. But I mm-hmm. think it is important that you do have that brand. And I, I love that thought of you can look at a glance. So, oh, that's that's Courtney stuff, right? Yeah. You, can, you can just see it wherever you wherever you may be. So I do think that that branding is is important, and I'm glad we've taken that step. So um, next, we talked '90s again. I said we could go back and talk '90s forever, but. Uh, we did have a fundraiser um, and kind of a little challenge amongst the decades of the alumni from, from the school. And I am 100% certain that the 90s 
just dominated. The ninety, they definitely showed up for it. Yeah, I mean, they did. They dominated of all the decades, and you know, I wonder too sometimes. Is it because it's just the right time in their lives? I mean, most of us now who, uh, you know, grew up in the 90s and stuff, we're well into our careers and, you know, hopefully most of us have some disposable income. But I think, too, it highlights um, social media for sure and the importance of it. We're kind of the first group that really embraced social media you know, for good or bad, right? but, you know, we have embraced it and a, a lot of our advertising for it was social media yes. and the website and everything. And I think that that sort of thing appeals to our generation. Yeah. yeah. We're that generation that didn't necessarily grow up, uh, at least in our younger years with that technology, with internet and all that, but like we've basically I feel like we are almost self-taught in a lot of those things yeah. and kind of bridge that gap, which makes it for, I think a very interesting um, generation that we, we kind of learn some of these things on the, on the fly. Uh, whereas our, our parents love them. <laughs> We've had to help teach them. Yeah, and then their kids have just known it their whole lives. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've found that to be true of, of my son. He was, uh, he asked me one day what an iPhone was like when I was a kid. And, <laughs> Great question. And, I love that question. And I had to tell him, I said, you, you know, there, there, there wasn't an iPhone. This is not something that has always been around. Um, but we were on the ground floor yeah. of all this technology. And I think that as we were learning, these companies that developed it were learning with us right. um, to arrive at the place where we're at today. But yeah, kids today, they, they, they think that all this stuff was always there. And, and I'm assuming that that's probably true of all the generations, whatever they've grown up with, they have assumed yeah. that they've always had that. Right. The prior generation has been like, well, wait just a minute. Yeah, hold on a second. <laughs> it wasn't always like this. Right. But you're right. We were the last generation that really, you know, I had a childhood that was not very technology driven. Yeah, it wasn't until the mid to late nineties that we really knew what the internet was and had personal computers. And of course, you know, personal computers and things were out long before then. Right. You know, we played Oregon Trail and Apple II yes, over here in the yes, computer lab, <laughs> uh, but it was different. It was yeah. a lot different. It was for sure. And, and uh, I guess time back in that fundraiser. Uh, number one, thanks to everybody who did give individuals, businesses, families. We've seen some improvements at the school all, already. Uh, and some more things to come, uh, but two, it's not too late. Uh, so that that basically we can give all year long to this fundraiser mm -hmm. to help improve uh, the school, uh, and you know just reach out whichever method is best for you. If you're more old school, you want to write a check and send it to the school. Perfect. Uh, we still wanna, take checks. Yeah, if you <laughs> want to uh, give me a, a text or a call, and, and we can get it going that way. You can go online uh, to give as well. So we would love to still. Um, you know, keep that fundraiser going that like kind of we had a goal in a time period that went. We uh, were into the five digits, which was awesome, uh, but it's not too late uh, definitely to do that. So um, we will kind of focus a little bit more as we end our time talking about uh, about Courtney. We kind of mentioned this already, but um, what is it like maybe on a day to day basis? You wake up, you come here, uh, being back at the old elementary school, you said you, you never would have dreamed uh 
being here in this role, uh, I put as the as the big man on campus, you know, as as the man in charge. What's it was it like just coming in on a day to day basis uh, in in this role? Well, uh, I will say that I don't dread coming here at all. I actually wake up of a morning kind of excited mm-hmm. about what we're going to be able to do um, at Courtney. Um, I would say for the first little bit, it was it was kind of a um, I won't say it was a shock, um, but you sit there for a minute and you think about, like I, like we mentioned before, you talk about your career and everything, and you're kind of in awe of how you've been led back, mm. you know, to a particular place. Um, and again, I would have never imagined that I would be the principal um, of the school, but I love this place and. You know, it didn't take long for it to feel like home again, you know, despite the fact that I had been away for, you know, quite some time. um, This community has changed, but, you know, in a lot of ways and and for for the best, this community has stayed very much the same. It's a it's a very close community, Mm -hmm. Uh, lots of community support um, in this community. So. it's been great for me. Awesome. I, I just I hope it is for everybody else because I sure loved it. Yeah, for oh for <laughs> sure. I, I we're behind you a hundred percent. So maybe something. What maybe your favorite memory memories from the school? Maybe you even today walking the grounds. You think back to like something that happened in this uh, room or a place or or something like that. What's what's some things that stick out to you from your time? Well. Almost every day that I come into the building, I think, well, I had first grade in this room or I had, you know, fifth grade. And of course, you know, it was K-8 schools then. We right. were we were here for a considerable <laughs> chunk of time <laughs> from kindergarten were. until eighth grade. It was a long time. Yeah. Um, I do have lots of, of memories. I can go down into the gym and think about the school dances. Mm. Um you know, I think about the fall festival that we used to have here. I mean, we always came to the fall festival. We right. didn't miss it. And all the old teachers um, that worked here, it's it's a place that's filled with a lot of memories and a lot of very good memories. Hmm. And I hope that the students that we have here, we don't have them as long now. They're here right. until fifth grade. But I hope that when they look back, they have all of the fond memories that I had of my time at Courtney. Yeah, I think that's something we're pushing with some BTO stuff is to create those memories. Like you said, even though the kids leave sooner, you know, back in the day, 12th grade, then eight for a long time, mm-hmm. then six for a little while, now fifth. Like they, they still can create those memories, even if they uh, are gone sooner. So we want to want to do that, you know, dances, talent shows, all kinds of things that, that we want to make those memories. Like you said, and good lasting memories for them um, as well. So uh, what what are some things that you're looking forward to? This this year's just starting. We're just uh, we're almost a couple of weeks in now. Mm-hmm. Uh, things you're looking forward to happening this year at the school and then maybe a few years down the road. Like, so what, what are some things that you're excited about that are going to be happening here? Well, we have improved academics here, and, and I won't say that Courtney was – uh, ever bad academically. This has always been a, a very solid school uh, academically. But uh, last year we had a uh, very good year. And hopefully, um, I think here within the next few weeks, the state will be releasing 
kind of what we did last year. And, and we have got some preliminary data and I can't go into it too much because the state board has got to approve it. But this place uh, grew tremendously um, this past year. I want to see that. Uh, our goal here is for 80% proficiency mm-hmm. in reading math and fifth grade science. We're striving for that. We are within striking distance awesome. of that, particularly. We had a very good year in math. I think that we're, you know, up near 70% proficiency um, in most of the grades, and, and the growth has been great. Uh, but also, what I want to see is the grounds, the building, kind of the aesthetics of the mm-hmm. place to improve. Sure. Um, I went to High Point University. Um, Nito Quabane, who is the president of that university, I'm sure people are probably familiar with him. He's right. on the news and everything else and knows a lot of important people. Um, something that he said his first year at High Point that really stuck with me was that you want to create a space that is warm and inviting for people mm. that if you create that space for them, that they will rise to expectations. You know, I don't want kids to come in here and say, God, this place looks dilapidated. Mm. That's not the kind of environment that I want. I want people yeah. to have something that they can be proud of. And I think that that pride carries over into so many aspects sure. of your life that you have for a place. Mm. So do you think, um, like for for a kid, do you think there's a time when they really do they realize it, or is it just more subconscious for them um, that a place is in good looks good or bad? Like, it, does that make sense? Like, are they, or is it just even if they don't can't verbalize it, they they probably can feel it. Yeah, I would say I think that they can definitely feel it. I think that when they start to get uh, third, fourth, and and fifth grade. Um, I think that they they start to say, you know, this place looks good, um, you know, compared to other places. Um, And I I definitely want the community to feel like the place looks looks good. Um, So, I mean, that's that's really how my priority list is, is to continually improve the grounds. Gotcha. I'm with you on that. Actually kind of helping to head up the PTO school grounds. We want to help the school. Uh, grounds, the students, and the staff, kind of our three areas we're focusing on. So anybody listening, we'd love to have you. Actually, if you're listening today, we got a meeting at 7 o'clock tonight. Mm-hmm. Love to have you for PTO, but I do think that's huge, and I love uh, what you said from, from High Point. Obviously, if there's a standard for uh, a place looking good, that, that High Point University has got to be at the top of that mm-hmm. list. So we, we may not can be High Point University, but maybe we can be the best-looking elementary school in the area. Oh, no, sure. doubt, no doubt about it. I think, I think to a large extent, we're already there. But, you know, it's like with anything else, we can always continue to improve. Right. For sure. For sure. Um, so something uh, that I've kind of morphed my thinking on through the years being in ministry, working with schools, our churches, we just find it important to work with schools. What are the best ways that people can help? schools in in general and i'll say this one in particular and i'll kind of say where i used to be at it was like let's just stock them up with as many notebooks and and paper and pencils and as as we can and i think that those materials are important but i think sometimes people just and i'm being guilty of this and be like oh there's notebooks are 20 cents i'm gonna buy as many of them as i can to in the school uh but um if we don't ask (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. We don't ask people like yourself what is, what mm-hmm. is the biggest need. So what do you see particularly here? What's the best way that somebody looking to help can help the school? Well, I think just reaching out to either the office uh, or reach out to the to the teachers. Um, we we need and it is important for us to have donations. It does fill a need, but I like for that to be strategic. Sure. You know, if, if we don't need loose leaf paper, which, you know, we don't use a lot of loose leaf paper. We do use spiral, spiral notebooks, composition books, things like that. Um, you know, if we don't need it, if we don't need that, it's good for somebody to spend the money elsewhere. Sure. Because, you know, that's, that's the thing about making donations. You, you want your donation to actually help. Yes. You know, beyond just the feeling good that you're donating. Right. And I think if they just ask, we'll tell them what we need. Right. And the needs change. I mean, sometimes, sure. sometimes you know, we've, we've got a bunch of one thing and we need something else. So if you are going to donate, uh, my suggestion to you is reach out to us. Um, we'll tell you what we need. And like right. I said, it changes. So, you know, what we need in August might be a different need than what we need in January or February. Right. Something I've seen too, um, just my feeling, I, I, um, if yours is different, let me know. I think it, we're, we're in a similar spot. Like um, one of the most important ways, best ways we can help the students is by supporting the staff, mm-hmm. helping the teachers. If their morale is good, if they have what they need, it's going to have an obvious trickle down effect to to the students. So what's, what's a, a great way that the community can support um, the staff that you have here? Yeah, and I, I agree with you completely, and I think that that's a really good point. Um, if if the staff enjoys what they're doing and they have the materials to do it with, they are obviously going to do a better job. Um, teaching is a stressful job, and teaching, you know, there's a lot of moving parts to teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we're trying to encourage more families you know, if they have the time right, to come do some volunteer sure. work with us, uh, read with kids, help the teachers plan parties, you know, take off those meaningful things that we do, but take that stress off the teachers so that they can focus, um, you know, on the academic piece. Because I believe that the academic piece is extremely important. It's the reason why we have school, but right. all the other things that we do for kids is equally important because that's where the memories are made. Mm. You know, that gives us a sense of community. So I think it's important um, to for volunteers. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of my big ask is, you know, if you've got the time you want to volunteer, come volunteer. Yeah. I, I love that. And I, I think something we've talked about, like, I know some people don't have the capacity to, you know, they're, they're busy. We're all busy mm-hmm. maybe to come to a meeting necessarily, but maybe you do have an hour a week to come read with some kids. Like the, you know, do that, get plugged in, get in the classroom. That's something I try to do on a weekly basis. And it's just, it's so rewarding to it get the ability, the ability to do that and just see those kids grow uh, throughout the year. And it does a small bit of time, I think plays a big part in helping uh, those students and the teachers allowing them to to focus mm-hmm. on somebody else or you know they may give you a kid that is doing pretty well in reading but they know just needs a needs a friend needs just, a needs something socially 
that they can give you somebody that you can just be be there for uh, and just hang out with. So uh, get in the classroom if at all if at all possible. Absolutely, I think that's a great thing. And the last thing we'll, we'll wrap up on this. Uh, just I know we're uh, kind of eagerly. I am anticipating the the uh, kiln. Mm-hmm. to be here uh and that's a good throwback as well but uh how are we looking on the pottery studio okay well the pottery studio is uh as you said we're waiting on the kiln the kiln should arrive i'm expecting it any time now awesome it, it takes a little while to get it shipped and everything but uh, we're expecting the kiln to arrive soon uh we will get it installed uh the uh we had a lot of volunteers over the summer who have made it possible to prepare the space um, that we need for it. So essentially the space is ready to go. We're, we're just waiting on that kiln. And as soon as we get it, we're going to get it hooked up and we're going to start, we're going to start doing some pottery. Awesome. Yeah. We will make some, all kinds of things. We probably won't make any ashtrays like we did <laughs> back when we were in school, but maybe not but, anymore, but we'll make some bowls and some other things. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, we uh, since uh, our house found our old pottery and it's sitting out now. And uh, actually, uh, some people were looking at it the other day. So definitely something that that sticks and is definitely some nostalgia from the '90s there. So looking forward to that coming. Um, and Chris, thank you for your time. Thank you for what you're doing at the school. Uh, we're here to support you in the school. And uh, anybody listening, uh, come be a part. Right? It, I think it's it's a it's a place worth your investment with your time, your talent, your treasures, everything just to help this community. And uh, like you said, it's a, it's a tight knit community that we're both glad to be a part of. So come and uh, be a part of what's going on. But thank you for your leadership and what you got going on. We're here to support you the whole way.